My name is Ian Hamilton, Managing Editor of UploadVR.com, and I'm joined today by a panel of VR experts for a discussion about the realities of remote work. The effects of COVID-19 are rippling worldwide, and that includes the closure of VRKs pretty much everywhere. Hmm. Oculus Quest stock returned for about, I don't know, was it maybe six hours this week uh, before they sold out again? And uh, we're hearing that some developers are reporting a bump in sales as people head into social isolation. We reported this week, for example, that 11 Table Tennis sold 12,000 copies on Oculus Quest, just on Oculus Quest. And that's uh, in two weeks they sold that many. That's equivalent to nearly half the lifetime sales on Rift over three years. And it's a good percentage of their lifetime sales on Steam. They had like more than 50,000 sales on Steam over, I think, four years. And of course, this week, Friday, people will be able to preload Half-Life Alex for playing on March 23rd. And that's, that's the week's VR news. The only other news that I really could think of to talk about this week was remote work and the realities of it. Let us know in the comments if you're working from home, how that's working out for you. We've got a panel of people here from uh, who are experts in VR, pioneers, and uh, basically I want to hear how your workplaces are going. Let's start off with you, Timony. Tell us where sure. you work and what's happened at your work the last couple of weeks. Sure, yeah. So I work at Unity. Um, Unity has at least 17 offices around the world. Uh, we have some you know, major offices in San Francisco, Copenhagen, uh, Montreal, Seattle, Shanghai, um, Beijing, uh, Tokyo, Seoul, and then and then like, increasingly smaller offices uh, as you go. Well, actually, Lithuania is pretty big too. I don't know if a lot of people know that. Anyway, yeah. ton of offices, um, and we've actually come up with a system around how the, the offices are labeled. So there's code red, code orange, code yellow. Right now, everyone in America is in code red, which just means the offices are completely closed down. You can't go in. Code orange means that you uh, can go in if you get manager approval, if you really need to. So, But uh, most of Unity at this point is working from home, which is crazy. It's a little unprecedented. That being said, um, my team alone, for example, of 17 people is across three offices. Uh, and so people at Unity are really, really used to doing uh, cross-office collaboration, cross-team meetings, and so I think we're better set up than many, many companies in that way. People are really used to traveling constantly to other offices and and talking via Slack or having asynchronous communication. Um, on my team specifically, actually, the biggest challenge is that I have a spatial design team, of course, and that's the only uh, meeting that really usually needs to be in person because we sit around with builds on devices and actually look at stuff. We have to prototype. You know, you can't just see 2D. You can't just see an animation. In order to actually give it the go, no go for design, you have to, like, be in the room on the device and actually testing it out and making sure it feels good. So that's the biggest challenge. And we've been trying out different apps to see which ones we want to go for 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 testing out stuff. You can do builds and have asynchronous, like, oh, I see what you're seeing, but it's so much better to be able to be in the same space at the same time. So, yeah, so that's Unity. Wow. And uh, Sean, let's go to Sean yeah. next. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. I'm a head of community at uh, Rec Room. So Rec Room is entirely based in uh, Seattle for full-time employees. We do have some of the community team that's kind of remote, like always remote. Um, so they're 
their lives haven't changed at all. Um, and then in terms of the Seattle team, we would have like work from home every now and then, you know, maybe one or two or three people from the office would be working from home for whatever reason for that day. Um, so we had to go through a pretty big shift to get everyone, you know, set up at home, get, you know, synced with the project, make sure their PC and everything was in a good state. Um, so that, that took us probably about a week to make that transition. And now we're kind of, we've gotten it rolling and there's momentum and it's working well, but, um, the biggest thing I've noticed so far was just like, how long is that transition going to take for different, you know, businesses or different groups? And luckily for us, it's, it's, um, we're doing the sort of work that can be done from home. Um, Mm -hmm. so we're fortunate in that way. Um, and then we've also started to, uh, hold all of our daily like standups, like each team has a standup. So the community team is a standup and we do that in rec room, um, Nice. And it, it, it feels really good because, you you know, you feel present with the people, even though they're at home. It's a little more, you know, personable than just hopping on like a an audio call or a video call or something like that. It's also a lot more fun because, you know, we end the stand up with like confetti cannons or like, you know, shooting pirate <laughs> pistols in the air or something. So it, it's, it's got more character. You feel like you had fun with your teammates. Um, and then I can, I can go into more detail later. We've been holding a bunch of, you know, meetings in rec room. Yeah, and then we've got Guy over here. What, let's remind everyone what you do. Uh, so I'm the developer of Virtual Desktop. Um, and uh, since I'm a big team of one person, well, nothing changed. <laughs> I'm still working from home. And no, I do have some contractors that also work from home. So nothing really changed. Um, I don't really do meetings or stand-ups or anything like that. I just wake up in the morning, decide, oh, what do I want to work on today? And that's it. Uh, I stay with seeing- DJs all day. Are you seeing usage change uh, based on the last few weeks, though? Are people using virtual desktop more? Yeah, it's uh, the curve has, uh, has usually it's uh, humps during the weekends, but now it's been staying pretty stable as if we have, were having like a week long weekend so far. So, oh yeah, there you uh, go. so the usage has been has been up, and the sales uh, there was a little dip when there was a, a quest shortage, right? Uh, and now it's gone back up. So the sales have been pretty stable so um yeah i can't complain (laughs) (laughs) interesting any comments tatiana um i don't know if it's not working or if we don't have any because there's also like an arrow like it wants me to scroll down but i can't that's that's, it's it's heeny heeny must scroll yeah heeny out there is in control um I want to understand what the limits are of remote work. I mean, uh, your Unity is the builder of the tool that we use to build this space. And I'm curious, do you do avatar-based meetings often at Unity? Is that uh, uncommon? And what are the, the limits of how how much collaboration we can do using VR headsets? Because... You know, it's a common com- conversation that's happening right now that fu- that VR is the future of this. But mm-hmm. I, I know there's limitations, and I really want to break it down, what those are for people. And so I'm curious what mm-hmm. Unity can say about that. So, no, right now we don't do a lot of uh, meetings that, that include avatars or that are virtual. I want to, um, like I said, we're going to be testing that out more and more. There's a couple of limitations to this. First, uh, hardware. I think my team might be the only team at Unity where every single person owns a headset. And honestly, uh, the final person who didn't have one, one of our 3D artists, just got one last week. So he got a quest. So now everyone on the team is covered. And we can actually have all in team meetings. Like, 
I don't know many companies in the world where you're going to have the team where every single person has access to VR hardware. So that one first, right? Uh, secondly, it de depends, depending on the nature of the meeting, you might need one of two things that are hard to do in VR. First is actual physical um, body language reading. Like if it's a meeting about something sensitive or if the whole point is to make sure that everyone feels, you know, connected, you know, it's a sensitive topic, then you, you avatars might not cut it, right? Don't, you don't feel as close. You probably just want a video feed instead. Um, and the second is things like uh, that involve uh, coding or, or using a computer, like pair programming, anything that involves a lot of typing right now. Again, virtual reality isn't the best for that. The thing is that virtual reality is the best for is I think sort of actually feeling connected. So like if you could do some sort of lunch or like team event, that to me is probably one of the best use cases right now, which is another thing that we'll, we'll be scheduling actually on my team, just kind of group events in VR. We'll go into rec room or try out half and half and, and just play together and learn together. Um, I think, and then I guess just for what we do, a lot of just testing and seeing what else is going on in the field you know, it's great to be in VR and actually be able to talk about it in that way. But yeah, there's upsides and there's downsides today. Our, um, spatial for um, the Magic Leap is um, something we've been trying out on and off for a while. Uh, the, when, the one thing I would really love, it doesn't necessarily, it's not limited to any one app. This is something I want across the board for any Unity app is just interoperability. Like right now, I have a display in front of me, but that's not showing anything. I would love if it knows that it's me and it can just connect into my virtual desktop without anyone having to code in, you know, or like just have generic, like this user just like mirror their desktop for them. So um, I think that's the, the big problem. We, ha we enter these apps and they don't interconnect with other apps seamlessly. And so mm -hmm. it's easier to just be on your computer where everything is open already and accessible to you. And this is just a problem in VR. Interesting. And I, I'm curious over with Rec Room because like you you had that experiment this week where you did an AR version of Ooh, Rec Room and then yeah. Rec Room is on every other platform. So, I mean, what's the value of having sort of a single tool set that's accessible from, from every device? Are you seeing people do cross-device connections a lot? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, there's a majority, like I would say almost every room in Rec Room has multiple devices connecting to it, right? There's like someone on their iPhone, someone on a Quest, someone on a PS4 screen mode, someone on a PSVR, someone on Steam screen mode, someone on a Steam VR device. Like there's so many <laughs> devices connecting that you go into any given room and there's going to be multiple devices. Um, yeah, the AR experiment was just kind of a fun thing to say like, hey, if I'm, you know, having a meeting in this, you know, this like boardroom type area, and then if I if my phone, like my iOS device with a depth sensor, can just scan this area and then import it into a rec room space and kind of show like simple planes is what it looks like right now for like, here's the table, here's the floor, here's the walls. And then I can connect in there as anyone in rec room and just be like, hey, this is, you know, your office. And then I can put something on the table. And then for everyone in that meeting, they can see it. You know, they can draw something in the meeting and I can see it. So that was a cool little experiment. Wait, just so, um, so you use the iOS device to scan the space and then you imported it in. So were you in VR at the end of the day or could you actually see it like on your phone in like with the pass-through camera? Um, so the person on the phone sees like 
so in the video we put out, Nick is in the rec room office on his phone and he is like scanning the boardroom mm-hmm. table and the walls and all that. And then I'm in VR. So you see my avatar. Okay. And then for me in VR, I see Nick's avatar based on where his device is. Love and it. then I see a bunch of simple planes, you yep. know, based yep. on what the room looks the like, geometry. like a simple scan. And we think we can get that like textured and looking a lot better at a certain point too. Um, but this is just the first version. And then, yeah, we like laid out bowling pins and we, you know, bowled together on the office table. Um, yeah, that's, that's what that experiment looks like right now. <laughs> awesome. My, my the- dog. Yeah, He's a fan. My dog, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, I noticed the animals get really nervous when I go into VR and talk to people that aren't there. I don't know if y'all have pets, but yeah. It's, yeah, like same, uh, same problem here. Fancy. The cats go crazy. They're like, who are you talking to? What's wrong? Pet me. <laughs> um, so one of the things I want to break down here is what do you th- expect to change about these realities in the next five years? Because this is kind of an unprecedented time, uh, I think, in in history. I don't know of, you know, people always talk about remote work. It's always kind of like a an optional thing. I wish I could remote work. And I loved your explanation of how the offices are are different all over the all over the world for Unity. Um, but like in five years, how much improvement do you think we're going to be able to see in terms of what's capable with these devices and with the software anybody have any thoughts looks like he does um, i i think um the comfort of the headset has to improve a lot for uh remote work to be viable in vr or in ar uh right now we put those on our head and then it gets hot and it's uncomfortable for a long time and um i think uh once we have things that are more closer to what glasses are i think we're going to uh, see an, an exponential growth in into remote work with VR. The software will get better, obviously, but I think the comfort is the biggest problem right now, in my opinion. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I was. I, I mean, was having... we always want comfort, but like, I, I guess I wonder, software-wise and internet connections. I mean, those. We, we, I sort of joked at the beginning of this, but I'm on an LTE connection. Is everyone? I assume everyone else is probably on cable. Yeah, um, cable. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, in situations like this where everyone's working from home, you really need the infrastructure to be solid for everyone everywhere. And I don't know if that gets fixed in five years. I think it depends on the area of the world. Some regions have better internet connectivity than than us in North America. Our our internet sucks (laughs) here. So (laughs) it's unfortunate, but it's we're like ten years behind. Yeah. So um I, I saw a tweet by Erica Joy the other day that made me think about how um, there's there's like some bosses or managers who might not feel comfortable with work from home and want their want their employees to be in the office because it doesn't feel like they're really working unless they're there. I get that. The, specifically, we're talking about like knowledge worker jobs, not service jobs where you actually do have to be there. Um, but it, yeah, it occurred to me that a lot of managers maybe who aren't comfortable with the notion of working from home right now are have a hard lesson to learn where pe- they see people continue to work even though they're not around and they're really going to have a mental shift. And I can't imagine that won't percolate over the next five years and we'll see people, I think, more casually working from home as the infrastructure is built up, as we fill the gaps in and as people get kind of used to this concept of working from home as sort of the ethically responsible thing to do. It's not just about the pandemic right now. People are talking about how 
clear the air is in San Francisco because we don't have people commuting by the thousands. And I'm sure in LA, it's 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 similarly much better for the environment now. So just thinking about how this mass transit that we force on employees every day that might not be necessary um, if we're if we we're forced to stop doing it for a month, I think that's really going to have ramifications about how mm. work looks like in ten years. Mm. I know you got to get going in a few minutes, uh, so I wanted to ask maybe one more question. What tips do you have for for working from home? What oh. do you have any suggestions for people out there? Sure. Um, there's a couple of things we've done on my team. Um, we have a weekly just Zoom lunch where we all just hang out. We also have an ambient, we have a Slack channel that's just a water cooler channel just for talking about whatever that we made as a result of us all being uh, work from home. I've set up one-on-ones with every single person on my team, even not my directs, just to kind of check in and make sure they're feeling comfortable. And then we have um, an ambient Zoom that you can join at any time. And the idea is that if you want to do a quick chat with someone, that's something like you would have normally in the office. Or if you just want to like see a friendly face, you can always just join in there. So those are some of the different things that we've just put into place over the the last week. Um, I like working from home myself. If you don't like working from home, I encourage you to take a hard look at your space and see what's uncomfortable. Like put up some art, get a more comfortable chair, you know, make sure you're near sunshine, all that <laughs> stuff. So. Yeah. I, I noticed that there's a lot of the discussion out there. It's, it's people aren't necessarily in control of their space. Uh, exactly. Are sort yeah. of the the ones that are complaining about it the most. And I totally understand that when you kind of compound the fact that you're wanting to work from home with the fact that uh, so many other parts of our lives are, are upended, having to go run for groceries or having yep. the kids home from school. It's not the normal rhythm and you lose control of your space and the ability to kind of do that focused, focused working. Um, you know, I, 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 I think that's one thing is I wanted to cover maybe with you uh, before you head out, but like what's different about non-mandated working from home from mandated working from home? Because it's, you said you're in a red, red area now. Is it, is it troublesome for some people to, to sort of make that shift? And what yes, other actually than more, like more than I expected. And I've talked with on my team. There's only a few that, that had, a little bit of trouble and but I see it on Twitter people being really like anxious or nervous or upset or talking about having to deal with you know almost depression like symptoms or anxiety um what I got from I'm not sure about everyone but what I got from from at least the folks on my team is that they're more used to having a real separation between their work life and their home life and this not and, and sometimes kids are involved as well like there's also that kind of in the soup but but if if you I really respect, I tend to be more fluid. I'll check email anytime and whatever. I don't encourage it for everyone. It's just how I happen to work. But for those who who really want a clear delineation for their mental health between their work and their home, well, now they're kind of fucked. They're going to have to figure out a, basically an entirely new system to kind of mentally have those delineations because they don't have it physically anymore. So, yeah. yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, she's right. I mean, the hardest thing for me uh, when I started working full-time um, is that I, since I work from home, it's really hard for me to, to say, okay, now I'm working or now I'm yes. doing something else. It's just, yep. I'm just working all the time. Like I wake yeah. up and then I'm on iPad and then checking emails and all that. And I have to remind myself, okay, now just go eat breakfast first and then you can check the emails and all that. It's really, I think that's hard really important. To, yeah. 
you like if you don't set the time aside specifically and like really set a schedule for yourself like you just you really screw yourself over i remember someone because i made a like a, a status on facebook where i talked about like you know if hey you work from home share something here and like give someone else another tip and someone had like brought up a point that i didn't think about like if you commute and you listen to like a podcast every morning, for example, sitting in traffic, mm-hmm. like still set that time, even working from home. And like, let's just say it's like 45 minutes, set that 45 minutes early and mm. actually still listen to that podcast because you'll kind of keep with your, your mm. schedule and, I and everything. Yeah. I, I know you got to right. get going, Tim. Yep, thank you so go. much. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. It's nice, nice to see you everybody. Yeah. See you later. Sure. Bye. <laughs> we switched. Oh, yeah, there nice over here. Uh, what's, is there anxiety up there right now and how are you handling it? Yeah, I think the anxiety is, you know, it affects everyone a little differently. Some people are more anxious about it than others. Um, it, it kind of, you know, it, it started kind of gradually, you know, it's like, Hey, this is a thing. There are cases in Washington. And then we started to, it started to be announced that, you know, the schools are closing and that's when it really starts to hit. Right. Cause it's like anyone who's got kids is like, well, I'm, probably going to be working from home now because somebody's got to stay home with the kids. Um, so for us, it was a gradual transition to, Hey, if you, you know, if you want to work from home, you can go ahead and, you know, grab whatever you need to be productive at home to, um, it, it changed to like, Hey, the op, like the governor might shut down buildings of a certain size. Like our building might shut down the office. Like, so grab, grab whatever you need to work from home and make sure you have it. So the, the kind of warnings coming out, you know, to the team got stronger and stronger until it's like, you have to be ready to work from home. Cause that's just like the situation we live in now. Yeah. Devin Bradley in the comments that they'd argue that cross platform with mobile and desktop is so important for VR collaboration to catch on with mainstream, which I totally agree. Mm, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's a good, good idea to do. Um, um, I know like, not sure. I'm, I'm not familiar enough with Rec Room, but I know uh, VR Chat has like a desktop version and a VR uh, version of the app, right? So both can and on different platforms too. So they can all mix together and do this. Rec Room has a, a mobile version, doesn't it? Yeah. Or am I remembering that wrong? Yeah, okay, I am remembering that right. We're on iOS right now, uh, so iPhone or iPad. And then if you want to play, we actually have a a large amount of people connecting from PlayStations without a headset. So you're just playing it on your DualShock controller. And then you can also play desktop mode on Steam. You just connect through and it plays like any other, you know, flat (laughs) Steam game. Um, And we've actually seen our numbers going way up um, since, you know, the everyone's staying at home, right? And all the kids are off school. So it's like we have a large amount of younger players. So I think we saw some of our best days of all time in the last, like, you know, Monday, Tuesday, this weekend. It's just, wow. you know, everyone wants to hang out with their friends, right? And it's like, well, you can't go over to their house anymore. You can't meet up and, you know, you can't see them at school. So it's like, where do we go? And it's like, well, I play Rec Room. I'll invite you guys all in here and I'll show you like some stuff I created and we can create yeah. stuff together. So it's it's kind of like perfectly suited to help people at this time, which we've yeah. been telling everyone on the team. It's like, hey, if we can keep, you know, keep doing our job, keep the servers up, you know, let's let's you know try to keep this going for everyone because it's more important now than it's ever been yeah that's fantastic because i i was my uh my kids are home and my oldest basically did a facetime chat last night with a friend from school Mm -hmm. and they tried to film a movie more or less like scene by scene (laughs) uh, one iphone to another iphone and they're like 
filming phones with phones to try to make this whole thing work. And it's just the most like life will find a way type situation yeah. uh, for connecting over space. And it's uh, amazing to have a platform like Rec Room and VR Chat and uh, Big Screen, all those people out there watching us in Big Screen. Thank you so much. And uh, are you, do we have more comments or the comments? Yes. Um, so, yeah, I had to do something to go around it. But uh, Warren Blythe asked if we talked about Mozilla Hubs, which we haven't. Um, he said that we're discussing this for my work mix of VR and web browser. I've personally never used uh, Mozilla Hubs before. I tried it early on. I, I need to get into an, a recent version of that. And uh, that's the web-based social connection service. So you could do something similar to what we're doing here with just a web browser link and then share that web browser link to other people. And yeah. I know it's gaining popularity and a lot of people are loving that. And uh, Quest has very good web XR support. So we need to get yeah. in there and test it more. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, uh, Guy, uh, do, do, can you tell how many people are connecting for work or for personal use? Is it like, is there any breakdown on, on your side to, to be able to tell that? I don't collect telemetry because I hate when companies do that. So it's not something <laughs> I do. <laughs> so I don't know anything Power. about what yes, fantastic. What 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 people do. Um, but yeah. from what I gather, a lot of people uh, uh, these past few weeks have been uh, using virtual desktop to connect to their work computer and do some work in VR and use their, their computer and do things. Um, so I'm sure it's used. I just don't know how many, um, mm. but uh, yeah, I mean, it, there are probably easier ways also if you want to do actual work, you know, typing on a virtual keyboard is not easy or convenient. So mm. probably a lot of people use other apps to do this, but, um, you know, I think we're getting there with, with better, uh, resolution in the headsets, better comfort. I think it's going to be, uh, something you can do like when you're sitting at home on your couch and you can just go on your computer and do whatever you need to do. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was I was thinking about that situation where I, I don't know how many people are out there that just sort of like they have a quest and they, they bought it as separate reasons, like they got a quest to play games and then they've got a computer at work that they can't access anymore. And I, yeah. I wonder how many of them are waking up and realizing, oh, oh, goodness, I can actually install virtual desktop on that machine and get my files that way. Um in my VR headset at home, like it's such a natural use, but I wonder if there's like a, a lot of people aren't aware or really realize that they can do that. And mm. hopefully yeah. if you didn't realize you could do that and you're watching us, you realize that it's one <laughs> of the, the great uses for virtual desktop. I, I can imagine there's some VR people out there that have PC VR at work and only a quest at home and virtual yeah. desktop allows you to, would allow you to uh, access your your Alex your on Monday. You know, Half Life oh. Alex. You could play on play at home. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. The next week is going to be all about people trying to play Half Life Alex wirelessly. So it's going to be uh, lots of support. <laughs> yeah, Sean. Um, I think it was Kyle that asked: Are the servers really stressed right now with uh, Rec Room? Yeah, it's the the stress points normally happen like as the increase happens. So if the increase is slow, it's not so bad because like the servers will just spin up more instances. Uh, like we'll we'll pull more support from like AWS or Azure or whatever we're using. Um, so as long as it's not like a dramatic spike, 
um, which will sometimes happen like when we push a new update, like we just updated with a new paintball map um, recently. And you can kind of account for that because you know the update's going out. Um, so there, I don't think there's really been many server issues um, since it was kind of a gradual, you know, more people are getting off work, more people are staying home. So it's it's been pretty smooth so far, I believe. What's the um the most uh, amount of users that it could hold in one space? Because people in the chat are talking about alt mm-hmm. space being able to hold seventy. Yeah, I think we we cap most rooms at forty. Although we uh, on the dev side have like an override, so I think we've set some of our rooms to like fifty or sixty. Um, so we had uh, our entire team meeting, like the entire company. Um, I guess that was Monday and we were experimenting with a new desktop streaming feature so that we could do our like slides that we normally do. And mm-hmm. like when we're in the office. Um, so yeah, I think we had around 40, maybe a little over 40 people there. Um, and it was really cool because normally in rec room, you don't think of being able to have your desktop in there. Um, so it was interesting to see like a, a proper presentation and it worked pretty well. So we, we put out some like photos of it on Twitter and we were like, Hey, are people interested in this? It's still an experimental feature, but we're thinking like it's especially relevant now for all the work from home people. Right. It's like, if you could do a presentation and um, like the desktop streaming is really one of the things you need for productivity. Um, you know, like when I was trying to set up some of the programs like uh, Git and stuff at home, I had to hop on a Slack video call and then somebody had to screen share or I had to screen share to them and they're like, Oh, you know, type this in the command line and whatever. So that, that screen sharing is like really essential for work from home stuff. I'd say. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say also real quick, um, unrelated, but CB said that the new paintball map in rec room is golden. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's great. It's a like based on a like fifties, sixties era drive-in it's called the sunset drive-in. Ooh. It's a really Ooh. cool map. We need to get in there. That sounds like fun. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm so it's amazing to me to hear you talk about like desktop streaming while we've got like the utility of desktop streaming over here mm-hmm. and how hard it is. I mean, Timony earlier was saying how she wished it was a built in feature to to the apps and just sort of a thing that could happen. What is the what are the roadblocks there to making desktop a more ubiquitous feature on, in all VR apps? Well, the issue with uh, current VR platform is that you can only have one VR app running at a given time. Um, Steam VR has the ability to have overlays that are from different apps. Uh, Oculus doesn't have that ability. They all do it themselves, and they don't. They only allow one app running at a time. So that's that's the hard part. Is that if you want to develop like a, a multi-process a thing, it's impossible right now. Only one app can can render in VR. So. Mm. The app has to do it all, has to do the multiplayer, has to do the streaming. So it's really hard to kind of uh, have multiple teams working on that together, unfortunately. And it's because the VR industry kind of adopted the app approach that phones have. Um, So it's a bit unfortunate, but it's also hard, I guess, for them to kind of... uh, uh, separate the available resources to different apps, right? So if one app just hugs the CPU, then the other one's not going to perform well. So it, there's a lot of considerations that went into that decision of only having one app at a time, but uh, it's it's unfortunate. 
Uh, Alex VR actually said uh, that he was just praising Virtual Desktop on his podcast. Amazing software. Keep up the good work, dude. Thank you. Yeah, people out there are super impressed. I mean, uh, we're we're in big screen is out there and they're showing video, you know, movies to people. Uh, Rec Room is an incredible service. We've got Unity that's at the front of everything. We were we had um we're going to have Denny join us, but uh, he might still mm-hmm. pop in. I, I might not, but you know, it's amazing to me like the the amount of power a PC gives you. Mm-hmm. But the amount of hiccups and problems it gives you hand in hand, like, yeah, I want to be able to do everything I can with my PC, but I the software updates, the background processes, the the things that are going on that I'm not in control of, are always there, and yeah. it it happened with us today. If I just had a quest and, you know, separating out those processes, and that's one of those beautiful things about what virtual desktop does today is. I've got a PC for my PC things, and then I've got a Quest, and I can run virtual desktop, and it's like the best of both worlds. Um, yeah. It's a tough thing to do, however, I have to say. the Most of the support I do is PC-related. It's not Quest-related. Like, if, if I have a, a bug or a crash on Quest, well, it's very easy to isolate and reproduce because we all have the same headset. Whereas on PC, it's always... Oh, what GPU do you have? Oh, do you mm. have this Windows update, or do you have this yeah. other software install that might might mess things up? So it's a much harder platform to develop on than the Quest. It's fun to develop on the Quest because everyone has the same hardware. Much easier. It's probably the same for you, I guess, with Rec Room. Yeah, um, you don't have to worry about what GPU they have if they have enough RAM or. Yeah, it's especially when you're dealing with bug reports. It's you always have to do way more follow-up with the PC users because it's like, hey, I'm on an iPhone 7. And it's like, cool, you pretty much know exactly what that iPhone 7 looks like. But if it's like, I'm on a PC, it's like, oh, God. All right, what, yeah, what <laughs> what uh, NVIDIA driver version are you are? Do you have an NVIDIA card? Is it a ATI card? Is it a, you know, what what's your CPU? What's your Windows update? There's just way more variables. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, it has finally happened. This is why I'm moving my hands. The cat is is all over me. Um, yeah. <laughs> my gaming is legal. Said that virtual desktop is a lifesaver. Uh, they're currently in, they're currently ill in bed waiting for a surgery, and virtual desktop is currently the only way for them to access their PC. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, That's good to hear. Yeah, do we have any questions from the? From the community out there? Um, I know Kyle actually asked if there were any social experiences that work better with virtual desktop. Um, I haven't tested uh, any myself, but um, I've heard people uh, use uh, VR chat a lot because they want to see those PC worlds on the Quest where they don't have access to them. Mm. Or they want to go in a room where the Quest version isn't in allowed to go in that makes sense of things so your cat i I wish i wish my cat was here now because it's so soothing to even know that you've got a cat there (laughs) that you're you're relaxing i'm surprised that you can't hear her because she's very loud when she purrs (laughs) yeah my cat's here too it just jumped up on my lap oh (laughs) my cat yeah my cat actually took out the internet so i locked her in the other room and i feel terrible about it and uh Look at the cat. Oh, there it is. Oh, it's a little, like a Furby. Sounds fantastic. Do you hear her? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, well, I, I covered the main questions really fast there with Timony that, you know, because I knew she had to go. But I I know it's a tough time for a lot of people out there. And we wanted to make sure that we, we know everyone is sort of changing their lifestyles during this this time. And I know VR is seen as like a, a catch-all. But, I mean, there's a lot of hoops to run through to get into VR. And we've got it's, – it's just so nice that Rec Room is on every device. And you don't have to go into the headset. But if you do, you get certain features. And then virtual desktop is it lets you have that best of both worlds where you don't have to lug around a PC and you can access various virtual worlds with a headset and then use your PC when you need to. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just I, I'm, I covered most of my questions. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? If there's any more comments, I think we're uh, Adam, of, oh. Adam Hartzell actually asked if anyone got into the Oculus Horizons alpha. I know I didn't. Mm. I'm not going to sign that NDA, so <laughs> and you're not allowed. I'm, I mean, I'm not in yeah. it. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, aren't all the OC6 people supposed to get access at a certain point? Didn't they say that? Are we? Supposedly, <laughs> so. yeah. Oh, yeah, beta. So they're I think, in yeah, alpha it's stage. Beta. Uh, okay. yeah. and, it's, and I think that's a long process there. I mean, that's one of the things I, I suppose oh, we should talk about before we close out, but that's what what are the tools in Rec Room right now, and how mm-hmm. many complex worlds are you seeing being built? What's the most impressive single thing you've seen made inside VR in Rec Room? Yeah, so we looked at the like the rate of new room creation, and it's actually gone up a lot over the last like week or two. We're not really sure what's causing that, but it seems like people are getting more familiar with the tools or creating more rooms. So we see. Um, on the order of thousands of new rooms created every day. Um, I think we're at, it's like 1.5 million rooms at this point that players have created something along those lines. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of rooms that, uh, I mean, a lot of the effort is in making the tools easier and more accessible and then bringing those tools over to the, the screen platforms like, you know, PC screens, PS4 or, um, like the the touch based phone screens, it's it's just a totally different building paradigm. And all the tools were developed start for VR, right? So you've got your maker pen, and you can kind of like, you know, extrude these shapes in the air and like drop circuits and apply logic to it to create games. But it's just a totally different building process when you're on like you know a touch device and you're you're trying to navigate with your thumbs to like you know drop a a piece of geometry in place and bring music into a room. Um, so a lot of our effort has just been like trying to get creation um, somewhat synced up across all the devices so that you can work on a room like in your headset and then switch to your phone when you're like, you know, in a car, or somebody's driving and you're in the backseat trying to finish up your room. Like we want to get the tools somewhat um, like universal so that you know how they're used, but then optimize it for each platform, if that makes Interesting. sense. I have a couple questions for Guy, actually. Oh, now my cat's walking on my desk. Um, so CB asked, uh, they want to know what kind of future features virtual desktop has to offer users who don't have powerful PCs, just like regular laptop users. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm working on having a built-in video player so that you can um, stream 360 or 180 videos from your computer. Um, so you're going to be able to see the files that are on your PC. You're going to be able to see them in virtual desktop in VR. Uh, and play them and um, 
maybe photos in the future. Like I'm still debating with, uh, to which point, I, which features I bring on from the PC version to the mobile version. But mm. yeah, those are the type of things that will be possible even if you don't have a powerful uh, VR-ready cool. PC. And then uh, Devin Bradley asks, uh, this is for Sean, what percentage of Rec Room daily active users are mobile or non-VR? Yeah, so I think we passed the mark where a majority of people are on a screens device. I think it was sometime last year. So a majority of people connecting, um, it's around, I think last time we announced it, it was around like 55 or 60% were on wow. some sort of, you know, just uh, there's a lot of PlayStation people connecting in, no headset, just like on PlayStation. Um, so it's somewhere around that area. I haven't looked at that stat recently, but, and it kind of goes up and down based on, you know, when a new platform comes online. So like the Quest shipped and then maybe VR was in the lead for a little bit because there are a lot more VR people on. So it can kind of move around, but I'd, I'd say in general, there's, um, yeah, there's a lot of, of people connecting through a, a mobile device or just Steam without a headset or PlayStation 4 without a headset. Um, and then looks like ET2K9 now asks both of you guys, how long will it be before the XR API is useful to your applications? Um, hard to say. I think, I mean, for me, I've been developing in VR for six years. So I've already kind of uh, wrapped the... Uh, various SDKs and done the abstraction around them. So OpenXR is kind of a duplication of what I've already done. So I'm probably not going to start over and implement something with OpenXR at this point. I'm also not a fan of the um, the API itself because it's based on, uh, well, it's, it's from the Kronos group, which built OpenGL. And to me, that's it's just a horrible API. So <laughs> I'm not a fan <laughs> of it. So I'm probably not going to use it. <laughs> What a recommendation. Um, yeah. yeah. I I don't know that much about it. I don't know what capabilities it could bring to Rec Room, really. Um, some of the coolest like overlay apps I've seen some people use are mostly from our like YouTubers and streamer community. They'll use that one where you flip your wrist upside down and it shows you the like YouTube comments. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, if there are little things like that that players want where they're like, hey, I want this overlay when I'm in Rec Room because it adds all this value to, you know, this content creation I'm doing or, you know, productivity because, you know, it's desktop streaming or whatever. Um, I think we're open to that. So I, I would have to look into it more. Oh, Any more um, questions? Yes. So Scott One is here. I did not announce Scott One's arrival, but he is here. <laughs> We have two Scots. Um, And then (laughs) CB also asks, uh, they said that they want to play tabletop games in Rec Room. Are the Mm -hmm. built-in tools capable of making something like that? Oh, man. Definitely. We have so many tabletop rooms. There's We have a bunch of people on the team that play uh, D&D weekly uh, with each other. So we actually added, because we were playing D&D games in there, we added like a a D&D table. So there's, I think it's called like a tabletop, games table or something but you can get it out of the maker pen and then if you go into props and then i don't know what category it's under but yeah we've got like multiple gamer tables we've got multiple dice sets multiple like little statues and you can you know build your own kind of character pretty quickly with the maker pen so yeah it's it's something that's been a major like use case or you know people have requested it so we've been putting more and more tabletop gaming stuff in over time cool that's awesome 
Actually, another good question for both of you guys. Sorry, all the good questions are coming in now. Uh, my gaming is legal. Ask both of you. Has hand tracking brought any ideas you'd want to implement into your apps? Is this like the quest, like, you know, finger, like that yeah. sort of tracking? I don't think we've actually, we haven't even looked into uh, using that yet. I, I'm trying to think if anyone has suggestions on like what they think it would be useful for in Rec Room. I mean, it, it could be useful for like, I would say like signing to other people like ASL. That would be kind yeah. of interesting use case. Like, you know, if you want to, if that's your primary way of communication and you've got a quest, it would be really nice to be able to, you know, sign to other people. So that's one interesting mm. idea I can think of, but no, we haven't, we haven't looked into it that much yet. And do you have support for the valve index, uh, finger tracking? Yeah. Oh, um, I'm not sure to what extent it does all the like, uh, capacitive stuff all the way down, like, uh, for the full fingers. But I know that there's, there's definitely some amount of support. I think you can use the, um, the like steam VR, whatever their thing is where you can set your own bindings. Um, anyway, but yeah, there, there's a way that you can set your own bindings for the index controllers. And I, I know a lot of people have been doing that. And Yugi, are you playing with hand tracking it? Uh, yeah, I've exported it a little bit. Um, um, the thing is, a lot of people think, oh my god, you have hand tracking, you can just put the keyboard in front and type on it. Uh, unfortunately, the hand tracking kind of glitches out as soon as you have a bit of occlusion with your hands or if your your fingers are not all visible. So it's not great for typing on a keyboard. Um you know, I've, I'm exploring also probably the ability to have it work uh, like it works for the for Oculus Home, right? Where you you pinch and 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 you move a, a virtual cursor essentially. So I'm probably going to go that direction first, and then if it improves, and then I'll be able to do actually typing and touching the virtual screen and all that. But yeah, it still needs a lot of work before it can be used. Uh, I'd say. Really great questions from the community today. Are there any more? Um, so Warren suggested using finger tracking to possibly trigger emojis, like you know, like metal fingers and like okay, and oh, like hand man. claps and stuff. If you like make the heart, it just like blasts heart out of your avatar. That'd be cool. that'd be beautiful. that'd be cool. Yeah. And then uh, James O'Loughlin said Oculus Quest needs to allow for more dev access to the pass through for typing with a real keyboard. Yeah, it would be yeah, nice to have yeah. uh, access to the external camera. We still don't have an API as developers to, to display that. I've asked for this uh, like two years ago or whenever the Quest, before the Quest came out, and we still don't have access to it. Mm -hmm. My guess it might be a performance reason. Like while it's rendering pass-through, it might be eating up a lot of resources so that you cannot mm -hmm. have pass-through plus a game being rendered on top. That would be my guess, but I don't know. Mm. One may never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also the security concerns that Facebook alleged. You know, they're they they don't they've been sort of saying that they don't really want to let devs have access to those cameras. Yeah, just but because I don't, it's like a Pandora's box type thing. But I don't want to have access to the actual data of the video stream. I just want to have it rendered on a time warp player that I can use in my app. That way, I don't I can't record it. I can't do anything with the video. It's just you know you tell the SDK a render the pass through for that area and that's it i don't have access to the data maybe so there's maybe a safe the way varjo will will be able to do it is yeah, that how you say it varjo yeah i think that's right 
we always we struggle with pronunciations. It's something we're going to keep getting better at. Is, <laughs> I was going to say, is that a headset that you've looked at at all, Guy? No, not really. I, I mean, mean, it is $10,000 for starters. So, Lord. <laughs> yeah, that could be like a questionable expense since I'm not going to sell any app for it. So, no. right, it's kind of a waste. I didn't think anyone would, anyone would 10x the uh, index price, but there you have it. Oh, there yeah. you have it. A custom driver to be able to say, oh, by the way, this centerpiece is rendered at with this texture at high resolution with the rest, and none of the existing SDKs do that, Oculus or SteamVR, so you need to use their driver to support those features. Interesting. Mm. Well, any any final comments? Uh, James O'Loughlin said, only render a small area for the keyboard with masking the pass-through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kyle says Facebook, give Guy what he needs. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for our guests. I'm going to go pet the cat, though, because I feel bad that I locked him in the other room. And, um, <laughs> yeah, but thank you so much for our guests. We've had a really interesting discussion. Stay safe out there. We're uh, all trying to stay safe, stay socially isolated, and Wash make your sure hands. that we... Say, <laughs> <Yeah. your> <laughs> 20 seconds. Happy birthday, right? What's your Wash favorite song? Wash your hands. We didn't cover that. What's your favorite song to sing while washing your hands? Um, I don't you, sing, you sing "Happy songs. Birthday." I, no, I just wash my hands for twenty seconds. I don't know why people need a song. I just wash it for twenty seconds. Yeah. I, <laughs> I guess it depends on the mood. I don't know. I just yeah. I don't. I don't know if you guys are into wrestling, but Botchamania did their their most recent episode. They had like the Botchamania theme going on, like over the guy like washing his hands for twenty seconds. Nice. It's great. <laughs> It's pretty good. All right. We'll see you in the future next week. Bye, we'll people. Be back. Thank Bye-bye. you.